214 pounds from Minneapolis, Minnesota, Jerry Lynn. And to my left, accompanied to the ring by the man who calls it right down the middle, the manager of champions, Bill Alfonso. Weighing in at 234 pounds from Battle Creek, Michigan, he is the current ECW World Television Champion, Mr. Pay-Per-View, Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the 100 greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I am the table. And today... Shut up, Bill Alfonso! Golly, today we are coming to you from May 16th, 1999, from the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It's ECW Hardcore Heaven, and Rob Van Dam is going to defend his ECW World Television Championship against Jerry Lynn. But more importantly, Bill Apter is in the front row. <laughs> and less importantly, Bill Alfonso escorts Rob Van Dam to the ring. Oh, we know. We heard him. We heard him the entire time. Welcome to, uh, this is the second part of our double Monday episode drop, which we're super pumped about. Ayo! Yeah, we love it. It's episode 59, which means we have just one match to go in season three. And let me just say, as far as episode 60 is concerned, if you've ever been to the islands, then it's real. It's damn real. And if that doesn't give it away, nothing will. <laughs> if that doesn't give it away, I don't know what possibly could give it we away. We teased it over and over again. We will let you know what our last match of the season will be at the end of this episode. But uh, we have a lot to get to first with episode 59, RVD, Jerry Lynn. How do we get here? Well, it is, if you think about who these two men are, RVD, Jerry Lynn, it's not just their talent, their in-ring style, but their character, right? Think about their character, oh, yeah. who they are at their core. There are very few pairs who make better rivals than Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. That's a true statement. Van Dam is the laid-back, cocky kid who knows how good he is. Yep. yep. And Jerry Lynn, the hardened professional with a knack for putting people in their place. Well, I think this is something that's super interesting because the three of us have all talked about Jerry Lynn, and this is actually the second time that both of these men are making an appearance on the pod in separate matches. So that's really neat. But something we've talked about with Jerry Lynn is he's always been sort of criminally underrated. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially with people that aren't like really familiar with his time in ECW and then the early days of TNA. If you don't know who Jerry Lynn is, then you're probably like, who's this guy? But like, if you know anything about like the dying days of AWA, the brief, brief, brief WCW run, his best work, which I think a lot of people would say is here at ECW and then the early days of TNA, he, he would be considered to be the hardest working man in wrestling. Yeah, and, and I think that he's a guy that even now, you know, has has a strong impact on the wrestling business oh, and yeah. has to be one, uh, has to be someone that uh, has really earned the respect of just about everybody. Yeah. I mean, he's the head producer for AEW right now. 
Yeah, exactly. Exactly my point. So uh, a guy that may be underrated in the ring, but is capable, as we know now, of some of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. Oh, absolutely. Well, an RVD was one of the most over guys in ECW in 1999. I mean, it, it's like no matter what this guy did, the fans ate it up. I mean, they, they knew he was trying to get under their skin, and they loved him anyway. Because uh, Mr. Monday Night is worth more money here means I'm worth more money elsewhere. And I'm also going to tell that Uncle Vince, I'm always free to work Mondays. Well, the thing is, like, he's constantly delivering unorthodox, innovative offense. So, you know, Bill Alfonso can blow that whistle as much as he wants. Uh, <laughs> if, if RVD keeps swimming, swinging that leg and, you know, doing rolling thunders, I mean, it helped that he also works his ass off he did. to make his opponents look like they kill him every five seconds. <laughs> Unless it's Lance Storm swinging a steel chair. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, Jerry Lynn, the quiet, confident, technical guru, never loses his cool. Uh, win, lose, or draw, Lynn is there to do the work and bring out the best in himself and his opponent every single time. Oh, true I statement. Mean, he's the kind of guy that... Like we said, he just sort of flies under the radar. You know, he's never getting the huge push. Uh, but rest assured, he's probably one of the greatest minds ever to enter the sport of pro wrestling. So it's like these two were made for each other. And, and, and that translates so beautifully inside the ring in this match. Their first ever meeting was October 30th, 1997 at an ECW house show in Massachusetts. And they continue to work together, learning each other for the next couple of years until their big match at, in March 1999 at ECW Living Dangerously. Uh, this match, instant classic, highly regarded by fans as one of the best in the championship's history. It was for the TV championship. Um, and that's high praise. You know, that ECW TV championship saw people, you know, matches like uh, Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko. Yep. Chris Jericho had some really great ones. Yes, Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, but even then, uh, it's not considered the best in the RVD Lynn saga. This match goes to the time limit at Living Dangerously, and you know it's an interesting turn of events. So ba- yeah, so they they go to the time limit draw, and uh, John Finnegan is going to award the belt to Jerry Lynn because he'd gotten the better of RVD for most of the match. I was like, no, 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 let's give us five more minutes. And John Finnegan says, all right, restart the match. Well, it's interesting because at this point, RVD had held that belt for 11 months, right? Yeah, a long time. Almost a year. And Lynn was just like, you know what? I don't want to win that belt off of a referee decision. Yeah, technicality. I This is a huge deal. I'm going to pin or submit this guy. Now, however, that's not what happens because Fonzie throws a chair at the ring. Uh, Robert Dam hits the Van Daminator and then a five-star frog splash and he retains his belt. Deadly combo. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was at Living Dangerously and this is like, this is the rematch. Well, it's interesting because there's an argument to be made here, right? Was Rob Van Dam the better man or did that stoppage just break Jerry Lynn's momentum? I think the stoppage broke Jerry Lynn's momentum because if you go back to that match, Jerry Lynn has the upper hand the entire time. He has an answer to everything Rob Van Dam does. There are some counter sequences in that match that are breathtaking. This is 1999. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to compare some of the things we see in that match to what we saw with Will Ospreay and Zack Sabre Jr. Sure. It's 21 years earlier. And after the match, if you caught this, 
Rob Van Dam walks over to Jerry Lynn and shakes his hand, which extremely uncharacteristic. He never did that. He always was like, "I won. I'm going to go backstage and call Vince." And the, uh, but I mean, after Jerry Lynn turns his back, you know, he's throwing some taunts and everything. But it was a genuine moment. He had respect. Well, I think that was Rob Van Dam going, "Okay, we got him. We fucking did it. Let's let's go backstage and we can actually talk about this more." Well, you know, the first time around, RVD was overconfident. And he wasn't expecting a challenge. But, uh, that's his gimmick, Landon. <laughs> and, well, well, that's the thing, though. But it, it played out, the way that it played out with the handshake at the end, uh, you know, he wasn't expecting to have to go past the 20-minute time limit. True. But this time, there's no pulled punches. No. He sees Jerry Lynn as a legitimate threat, clearly. And out of respect for their previous match... Uh, ECW enforced a no time limit rule for what is typically a 20 minute time limit belt. Oh yeah. Um, so we would have a decisive winner, no stoppage here at hardcore heaven. Yeah. And man, this is a match where of course you have Joey styles on commentary, John Finnegan back as the referee. (laughs) And he says says it a couple times during this match. He does. And, And Joey styles actually does. Because uh, this match is sort of starting at the, the second half of the pay-per-view. Yeah. So right before the match starts, there's a segment with just Joey Styles, and it's him basically recapping the pay-per-view up to that point yeah. and setting up the match to come. And which, he does such a great job at that. I really yeah. love when they turn the camera to Joey Styles, and he's always standing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's just, this guy has so much energy. You know, I actually have a quick question, unrelated. Is this the show where the Dudley Boys started a riot? I think so. I think because I know that there's something going on with Bubba Ray Dudley. I th- I think this is a show where he started a riot. I think you're right because they talk about it on the rise and fall of ECW. Because <laughs> it can't be after this because the next show is like um, Heat Wave, and I think by that point they're already out of the company. Mm. Well, one of two things will happen: either one, you are absolutely correct, or two, we will be corrected. On all, all I know is at some point around here, like. Mid-99, they got the crowd so worked up that they had to be escorted out of the building with security. (laughs) I'm not going to repeat the things he said because our show will probably get blacklisted. and He threw some F-bombs on the segment before Uh, this match. uh, He did more than that. (laughs) Well, he he basically went in the ring and he said, I'm going to quote the things that I can say. He said, just being in this miserable piece of shit town makes me fucking sick. You got that fat, that word in the front row. You got a mom who taught our daughter how to suck dick sitting next to him. Oh, I remember this. Part and then he like walks, he goes to people, starts spitting in the fans' faces and, t- and taunting them to jump over the barricade and attack him. Somebody does hop over and <laughs> nothing big dick beats the shit out of them. ECW, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Man. The classiest organization under the sun. Well, I mean, no one knew he was going to walk out there and say this shit. Man. Hey, at least he didn't crucify anybody. Well, so that happened a couple years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will tell you something that I, I appreciate from Joey Styles since we were talking about him is during the entrances of this match, Jerry Lynn comes out first, and Joey Styles just says, Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn. You know, obviously we're coming off of this incredible match at Living Dangerously, but these two guys, when they step into the ring together, they really epitomize ECW. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's kind of, it reminds me of whenever they brought in uh, Eddie Guerrero 
and Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. It, it's like well, they, a whole new side to ECW that adds a whole new level of legitimacy to the well, company. Yeah, because like early days, like I'm, not, I'm not talking about when they were still associated with NWA. I'm talking like 94, 95, 96. They were still really known as the hardcore wrestling. Right. But then you start bringing in like guys like that, and they start bringing the luchadors in. They started being known for having these phenomenal technical matches or having And these, the television and, championship in particular is the yeah. belt that those guys are usually All right, around. so basically the way ECW would work is you'd have guys like Rob Van Dam, you'd have guys like Jerry Lynn, or previous shows you'd have like Chris Candido, Lance Storm, mm-hmm. you'd have... Um, you had like matchups, like uh, I'll give you a prime example because we've already we've already covered two matches from Heatwave '98. Yeah, the undercard to that match, like that show, is like Jerry Lynn versus Just Incredible, mm-hmm. and you have a like, Chris Candido versus Lance Storm. So you have matches like that. That's how your show starts. You're gonna get your big technical. These guys are gonna raise the bar, and then it slowly would lean into your hardcore matches. Because if you didn't have at least one garbage brawl, these fans are going to be upset. Yeah. So a lot of times they would just build up to the insane brawl at the end of the show, but the undercard is going to be your technical masterpiece. They really did have something for everybody. They really did. Uh, and that's I, why they're so popular. And, and this match is that something for everybody. There yeah. is every little bit of what ECW is is in this match. Oh, uh, yeah. But, 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 and then some. What, what is really crazy is Jerry Lynn comes out and the face gets booed. Like, he he's booed. immediately booed. And he has been doing, ever since he lost, he, he's been doing, like, okay, you're the, you're the whole effing show. Well, I'm the real effing show. I, you know, I, I was able to go toe-to-toe with you. I would have won that belt if it wasn't for Alfonso. You know, like, so he's been sort of playing that but Robin hey, Dam. It was right down the middle, daddy. Uh, every time, right? But uh, that kind of <laughs> speaks to what you guys were talking about, about the popularity of Rob Van Dam, despite him being this sort of really like cocky son of a bitch, right? He was in beyond over with yeah. the crowd. And so Jerry Lynn, despite being, being maybe the, the technical face, uh, was going to get booed regardless. Well, like Jerry Lynn is playing the crafty veteran, and that's going to get him over everywhere, but not in ECW. I mean, they love Jerry Lynn, but they're not going to cheer for him. Mm-hmm. He's going to get booed because he represents... The WCWs, the WWFs, that's what he, that's what he kind of represents, that older mentality, whereas Rob Van Dam is this, fuck you, old man, I'm going to go smoke weed and do a million backflips in my matches. How do y'all like the pairing of Fonzie and Rob Van Dam? I hate it, but <laughs> it's designed for me to hate it. Exactly. So somebody, I think it's one of the smartest things they ever did. Somebody it's once said that Bill so Alfonso... Bad. It's so good but it's bad. If somebody wants it, the Bill Alfonso, they hate him so much they want to punch him. Like, you're supposed to hate him. Yeah. He blows the whistle for 30 minutes straight because you want to wrestling. kill him. And that means he's doing his job very, very well. Well, I listen, I often don't uh, don't mention things that I, I physically write down while we're watching matches, but I just think it's important that I note here, it says, man, I hate Alfonso. <laughs> I wrote that fucking whistle, and then I put the emoji where it is the angry face with where they have the sensor bar over the mouth, and you just see a couple of fun symbols. Yeah, I, Alfonso, here's the deal. I think, Paul, you summed it up absolutely perfectly. I hate him, but it's designed that You're way. You're supposed to hate him. You're yeah. not supposed to go, man, Fonzie's a great manager. You're supposed to go, God damn, I want to kill that son of a bitch. <laughs> and I, I love how, you know, he's, he's actually, you know who brought in Bill Alfonso to ECW? No. No, I don't actually. The franchise Saint Shane Douglas. It, it was Shane, okay. It was Shane Douglas. 
if, you know, as as we're talking about Shane Douglas, he he yeah, he's like he's he's in the middle of the ring and he's just like, you know what? All this hardcore stuff. Sand, I think Sandman had just won the belt. Probably. And he's just like, you know, all this hardcore shit going around. I'm gonna bring some legitimacy to the ECW. I'm gonna bring in the the best referee who calls it <laughs> right down the middle. And this guy's name is Bill Alfonso. And I mean, from the get-go, everybody hated him. Because he was literally there to make sure nobody broke the rules in an organization where there were no rules. Well, they had the whole thing where he stopped the Taipei death match before it could begin. That's not going to happen tonight. That's not going to happen tonight. There will be no Taipei death match. And then, like, I think 911 comes out and choke slams him. Oh, yeah. That, and then, oh, the, man, and, and then of course, the, the Taipei death match happens anyway. <laughs> So good. Oh, God. I think my favorite example of Bill Alfonso calling it right down the middle was this one match between Art Robin Dam and Sabu where he manages both of them. Mm. So he is constantly going, Sabu, you can do it. You're the best. Blows the whistle. RVD, you got it. You're the whole effing show. You're going to beat Sabu. I'm serious. We, well, he we turns around and he goes, Sabu, you could do it. Arabian face busted out of you could do it. Rob Van Dam ruined both of it. He's so <laughs> serious. He just will turn around. He's like, Rob Van Dam, you could do it. Like, like dude. Well, like, we talked about this feud last time. That we talked about Rob Van Dam yeah, on we the sure show. Because sure yeah, it was in a tag team match. Oh, my God. Tiger, so. It's the best thing ever. He just keeps building them both up to the point where you're like, you're going to turn on one of them. And he doesn't. He never picks a side. He is 50-50 the entire time. But getting back oh, to... Oh, and he's also the referee, by the way. Getting back to Hardcore Heaven, what an opening series between Lynn and Rob Van Dam. Solid fundamentals. Yeah, I think... Okay, so this is an interesting start for me because, you know, so often we say it over and over again about the fast starts, and I don't really feel that in this match, right, uh, until they start the chain the chain wrestling and the, bat, and the reversals oh, back man. and forth. So they do some reversal sequences that... I just couldn't take note of because it was well, that's so much. I, we see the typical, you know, chain wrestling where you get the headlock, takeover, leg scissors, you know, kip up. You know, you see that a thousand times. This is not what these guys did. No. They did chain wrestling, but it was all extremely unique. I mean, you saw Van Dam with the flip leg drop in the middle of the chain. Like, it's so oh, good. Yeah, like there's at one point where Robin then goes for a monkey flip. Jerry kind of like rolls straight through. He does it later on the match where he doesn't quite stick it, but he still gets on his feet. He's like, come on, motherfucker, let's go. Lands on his feet, goes for like, he like rolls backwards. Robin M jumps over him like a, like a, like a leapfrog. <laughs> he goes for his little guillotine leg drop, misses, and then Jerry like does like a lateral press over him. They roll through, have a little standoff moment, and then they do like the leapfrog sequence where I'm like, okay, this is some intense shit. Because when it starts going for leapfrogs, I'm not talking about he just jumps over. Like RVD does his like little roll over. Yeah, like hop up his little split hop up. But Jerry like stands tight, goes for like a belly to belly. Rob Van Dam like just it's insane. What it they is do insane. here. Yeah, I, I think what's what's really really kind of gives you the atmosphere and the environment of what's happening in the Mid Hudson Civic Center is they do that those big reversal segments for sixty seconds. And oh, then yeah, Robin Dam goes to the crowd, yeah. right? And he's taunting, and they're cheering, and it's wild. What and do then you they think about that. It's like he turns his back on his opponent, yeah. and he's just playing to the crowd. Well, I think it. I think it's his character, <laughs> and I think it, it's a. I think it's a great character for him. And but what I love about that is the contrast between the two of them because it's right there. It's so stark. RVD 
being his just chill, whatever. I got this. Play to the crowd. Turn your back to Lynn. And Lynn never takes eyes his eyes on the off prize well, the whole time. He knows, so focused. He knows that, okay, Rob Van Dam, he's playing the crowd, but like he's baiting me to attack because he's right next to the ropes. And whenever they do kind of have another little scuffle, Jerry Lynn throws a back elbow. Oh, He hits Rob Van Dam in the side of the head. Square in the eyebrow. Busts him the fuck open. Immediately. Yeah, it was We're maybe two minutes into this 27-minute match. And so you see RVD, whenever it connects, immediately you see RVD check his his eyebrow because it connected. And so he goes back to the corner and he's checking it. He's, he's, you know, messing with it. And then he looks up and he's got this look on his face and the crowd immediately chants, kick his ass, kick his ass. Because he is busted the F open, and it is not a little bit of blood. Well, yeah, so so the ref is checking him, and Bill Alfonso is screaming, please don't stop the match. Please don't <laughs> stop the match. Well, it's weird because even in ECW, they would go, oh, shit, are you okay? Yeah. You can't wrestle if you're bleeding in your eye. Because, mm-hmm. like, and I hate this because nowadays we get the, you get the light cut, they'll stop the match and put the glue on. This is like one of those... That cut is directly above the eye. That blood's going right into his eye. Yeah, luckily it was flowing like right it was around, going around it. It wasn't getting in his actual eye, so they let it go. But there's a point not too long after this where Jerry Lynn gets busted the fuck open. Yep. After he does a, I said it was a toe pape, but it's really just he does a top rope crossbody to the outside. And then he does a top rope drop kick to the outside. On the concrete. <laughs> they had pads for this match. And then he does a tornado DDT off the apron. Not a lot of padding around that ring, man. And uh, I feel like somewhere around the time he does the tornado DDT off the apron is around the time that Jerry Lynn gets busted open because he's bleeding pretty good after a certain point. It is. It is. Uh, I know. Yeah, I, I just I think that it's it's important to note here that this is when the mat sort of starts to spill to the outside. Mm-hmm. And they have some really good back and forth with uh, whether it's, you know, Rob Van Dam going, doing uh, guillotine leg drops oh, or God. Jerry Lynn doing these leg drops, right? And, and RVD and Jerry Lynn are both sort of bouncing off the ropes. We got to point out, time. he does a guillotine leg drop off the apron while Jerry Lynn is hang, is like draped over the apron. Oh, yeah. That's, That's fucking thing. scary. Yeah. And I gotta, I gotta tell you that can go so wrong. That we're sort of in this part of the match where they're gonna, they're gonna go back and forth from that side of the ring to in the ring and out, sort of for five or ten minutes here. And Jerry Lynn does a a bulldog from the second rope. Oh, it's the most beautiful bulldog I've yeah. ever seen. Why don't we do that more often? It's incredible. I loved it a whole lot. Uh, but yeah, ultimately we also get in this in this you know sort of segment of the match we get Alfonso's first. Actual interference. Yeah, he tries to up the Van Terminator, and then Jerry kind of ducks under it, and when he comes back up, he just eats a spinning back kick. Yeah, I feel like it's <laughs> understood at this point that Bill Alfonso is just an extension of Rob Van Dam. Yeah. So he can place the chair where it needs to be Absolutely. for the Van Daminator. Absolutely. Uh, but it's after that where Lynn does get sort of uh, springboarded off of the turnbuckle and he hits almost face first on the concrete. Yeah, and I did not know this. He got knocked the fuck out by that. Immediately, yeah. He, he hits the ground and you can see him sort of try and pick himself up and then he goes to sleep. 
Because mm-hmm. I remember when we watched the match, I've been going, this is really good, but I kind of feel like maybe Living Dangerous was better. And you go, oh, dude, he got knocked out like five minutes into this like almost 30-minute match. But, uh, but I think it's an interesting thing to watch. Like, obviously, in terms of the safety of, of Jerry Lynn, but I think you can watch Rob Van Dam, the man, the wrestler, think now, right? You can watch him work through what he has to do mm-hmm. as he's sort of carrying Jerry Lynn back well, to consciousness. Yeah, because he kind of goes out and he picks him up and he does a couple like little si- simple things, you know, throws like the couple of elbows or like drapes him against the barricade and throws a couple of chops. And then he like climbs back in the ring and I thought he was breaking the count. Like, oh, we don't have counts in ECW. No, he was going to tell John Finnegan, hey, but kill us some time. Yeah, well, so, so, he steps away from Lynn when he realizes what happened. He goes to tell Finnegan. Finnegan goes down to the floor and is checking Lynn. Yeah, he's Lynn telling is him. not responding. And so Rob Van Dam just turns around and starts playing to the crowd yeah, for a minute while he, Finnegan's he, checking on him. And he, then he literally picks up Jerry Lynn. He's like, okay, you got to wake up. I'm going to put you in the ring. And Lynn does get re- regain consciousness enough to get thrown onto the barricade and over into the front row. Oh, yeah. He, he goes up over that barricade, and then RVD does a running flip senton over the barricade into, like, the second row. And I'm like, is that Vlad the Superfan? <laughs> no, it was not. But Faith the More guy was there, Hawaiian shirt guy's there, oh, straw yeah. hat guy's there, and that one fan that's in the front row of every WrestleMania, except for 36, is there. You know, a couple times in this match, RVD impresses me like crazy with his hops. RVD a couple times hops onto the middle rope in the corner and then does a backwards leapfrog over Jerry Lynn. Oh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. How the hell? Do you, the third time he does it, he goes uh, from the like from the mat of the ring to the top rope and then backward leapfrog. Like, the balance is how? Oh, yeah. Well, say, the match leading up to this one, Rob Van Dam has Jerry Lynn in the Romero special. He literally flings him into the air and then pulls a chair out that Jerry lands on. And I'm like... How did you do that? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Look at Rob Van Dam's thighs. That's how I did it. And Lynn with the, uh, with the ring awareness. So RVD's coming into the ring from the outside. Lynn drops the leg. And RVD with the classic RVD neck bump cell. Oh, oh. gosh. Oh. <laughs> so one thing I really enjoyed. So we go back to these reversal sequences. So Rob Van Dam goes for the rolling thunder. Jerry kind of at the last split second gets out of the way. And then as Rob's getting up, he grabs him to do a fucking tornado reverse DDT. But midway through, Rob plants his legs and does a Northern Lights suplex. Oh, beautiful sequence. And I'm like, okay, Genius. you got my attention. Realizing that this is Jerry Lynn just woke up from being knocked yeah. out. Yeah. And they're doing these. He's they, still that sharp. Oh, yeah. And they only really have one real botch here. So... At one point, they go for another monkey flip, and Jerry Lynn kind of doesn't quite land it. He gets up on his feet, and they start chanting, you fucked up. And I'm like, this is my problem with those ECW fans. Okay, the dude is knocked out a minute and a half ago, and now he's doing these impressive chain reversals. And who cares if he landed on his feet, flopped down, and then stood up? I don't care. He did the spot. Okay, there is a sunset flip that's not very pretty, but this man is working off of experience alone. He is not there. Well, and what I find really impressive is you still get all of the things that you expect from a Jerry Lynn match, right? He still you get the, the classic Lynn corner trap sunset flip. 
It's just, I, I love that. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. It's the trap where he's like, here I am, come get me. And so whenever you go for do your shoulder, he moves out of the way, rolls through sunset flip. I've never seen anyone else do it. It's one fluid motion. Yeah. It's a thing of beauty. Well, you mentioned sunset flips. Well, we get a few of those. Not to mention, probably my favorite moment in any match we've covered yet on the show. Oh, my God. That's a bold so, statement. J- Rob Van Dam is going for your traditional, I'm going to run into the ropes and do that backwards roll pin. Jerry Lynn sidesteps him, does a sunset flip power bomb over the top rope through the timekeeper's table who have to get the fuck out of the way to not get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a power bomb, so the streak continues. Come on. Come on, say it. Power bomb! Thank you. Uh, you know what I love? Boy, do I love... A short arm clothesline. <laughs> when it's done right, you just never see it coming. Yep. And God, Jerry Lynn is just massive. It's a great one. It's a great one. Uh, I, I will say, you know, you mentioned the, the sunset flip power. Oh, bomb. I'm sorry. That was not through a table. That was just to the outside. That spot comes a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, well. There, so, so Jerry Lynn actually does a couple of sunset flip power bombs in this match. The second one Both is that, that massive uh, one. I'm sorry. The first one is just a sunset flip power bomb to the outside. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's definitely worth noting that now we're sort of past the halfway mark. We're sort of oh, at this yeah. 15, 16 minute mark or so. And, and Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn have this sort of sequence where they keep trying to jockey for position on the top rope together. Oh, no. Th- so this is the part that I, I, I merge these two moments together. Because you're right, because Lynn gets thrown off the top rope, and then he goes to the timekeeper's table. Yeah, so as they're trying to balance themselves, Rob Van Dam just tosses Jerry Lynn over his shoulder. Oh, yeah, it's like a back body drop to from the, the top rope to the outside. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> to a man that was unconscious 15 minutes ago. Exactly. I can't. Well, I can't. Can, can you believe how close these guys were? So there's one moment where they're already set up in the front row and like all there are fans around them. There's no like space between. No. And they perform a Van Daminator inches from the fans. Like, do you know how wrong that could have gone? Oh, very wrong. Yeah, absolutely. But it's flawless. Oh Uh, man. Corkscrew guillotine leg drop. Classic RVD. Oh yeah. Every time he does it, it scares the shit out of me. How many wrestlers can you think of that are so innovative that they have several moves that are essentially exclusive to them yeah. like who else does that leg drop well who, who else, else does the rolling thunder i mean i see a few people do the split legged moonsault but not many like well, him landon who else does a backflip drop kick into a chair who else does that rob van dam is just incredible i do want to say naomi's uh split legged moonsault is good it's Pretty gorgeous good. it's good yeah, well she's a gym maybe so of course of, it's good yeah it's good <laughs> uh but i want i want to i want to play off now of the sunset flip powerbomb through the table right lynn puts robin am through the table that way that is how's he alive how's he alive because and, it's because it's jerry lynn yeah and then at this point alfonso's trying to once rvd's back in the ring to get that chair to robin dam right he needs it he needs it now because things are looking sort of dire for rob van dam but it doesn't go Alfonso's way. No, because Lynn throws the chair back in Fonzie's face. Fonzie takes the chair to the face. Always satisfying. Oh, it looks Always, rough. always satisfying. You know, a lot of people would say, oh, look, here's another bloody, violent ECW match. But, but the thing is, the brutality and the blood in this match actually presented an interesting contrast 
to a lot of other ECW brawls that I've seen. I agree. Like, this is not violent, mindless gore fest where weapons no. are used out of rage, right? These guys only bleeding because they got busted hard way. It's a highly competitive matchup, and they're giving 110% for the ECW TV championship. This blood is not intentional, no. right? It's, it's, showing, it's them showing what they're willing to sacrifice for the win. And I think that says it all. And by the way, we're up to two power bombs, gentlemen. That's absolutely both, right. Both over the top rope to the outside, one on the off the top rope through a fucking table. So we sort of wound our way now to the last five minutes of this match, and it's an interesting last few minutes, right? So again, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn back up on the top rope and back again trying to uh, jockey for position and hit that one big move maybe that might get it done. Unfortunately, they both fall off they do. of the top rope at this point. Uh, and both men hit the mat. And it obviously wasn't intentional. No, it was an accident. Um, but doesn't make it look any less gory. Rough. You know, it's, <laughs> t- it's a rough fall. And once again, the fans start chanting, you fucked up. And I'm like, guys, shut up. Well, like, th- there's another moment where Jerry Lynn's on the top rope and RVD hits a jumping front kick yeah. to Lynn while he's on the... Insane! I've just never... The you don't see a lot of, leap. like, front kicks no. in wrestling. The vertical leap of Rob Van Dam never ceases to amaze me. It's incredible. It's like him and, and Billy Gunn. Like, those guys could jump, like, a good six yeah. feet in the air. Speaking of uh, a, a leap... Yeah, Jerry Lynn is is going for these uh, this cradle pile driver, right? Like, he's oh. trying to hit his big finishing move. Crowd and ultimately, comes unglued when he goes for it. Yeah, ultimately, he doesn't hit it. Rob Van Dam's able to reverse it. They sort of have these pin reversals. But... RVD hits a split-legged moonsault, and then he follows it up with a frog splash. How beautiful is a five-star frog splash? I, I forgot how gorgeous they were. It's a thing of beauty, but I, I feel like every time he does it, and they also put this in every SmackDown versus Raw game, you land it, you have that, oh my God, my fucking ribs, I'm going to die. Yeah. Okay, then pin him. Yeah. Love it. Love it. And but that Gary, sell is so good. Right, but the pin that he goes for after this frog splash... Jerry Lynn reverses it into a into a cradle. That's right. He rolls right. through it because because Rob Van Dam took too long, which is kind of well. And I love that because that's what the cell allows you to do. It gives you that moment of doubt. It's like okay, he hit it, but how much time is he taking? He took too long. He's like, I put too much into that. And I hurt myself, and that gave Lynn enough time to just roll through. There's one thing we didn't talk about that I really really wanted to mention. At one point, Jerry Lynn does the. The Lynn Daminator. Oh, yeah. He does. <laughs> he basically does it. It's, like, it's a standing drop kick, right? Basically, to. But he throws the chair. But he throws yeah, the chair. He does and throw does the it. chair. <laughs> I'm like, it's, you get to that moment of like, what? Oh, shit. It's <laughs> it good. It. It's good. But uh, ultimately, Rob Van Dam hits a second 10 star frog splash. Yeah. Al- Alfonso's, <laughs> Alfonso's able to get back after getting hit with the chair earlier. He comes back in, gets the chair to Rob Van Dam to hit that Van Daminator. Uh, and then that second frog splash, second frog splash like you said. It. Rob Van Dam Even has a decisive victory. It was. It was. Decisive finish, and he retains that television title. Holy shit, this match is a whirlwind for so many different reasons. Yeah. And, the, and, and similarly, I'm so sorry, Landon. Similarly to the end of the Living Dangerously match, there's not a handshake, but there's a high five yeah. between Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn. Which is arguably an even more a bigger show of respect yeah for Robin. okay yeah. i know and, i beat and you know you. what there's no gloating there's no there's not i think because rob is like hey 
I know you, you, you got fucked up during this match, but we still gave him the best match of the night. This is probably the match of our, of our rivalry. And even if we're both, we didn't have those mistakes, I don't think we could have topped this. They did the best they could with the situation. And even if Jerry doesn't get busted open, even if Jerry doesn't get knocked out, this is still like really good. Yeah. Uh, there is a fantastic blog about this match uh, written by Worldwide Fantasy Club. Uh, Much credit for them for painting such a beautiful picture of this match. Highly recommend checking that blog out for more context on this one. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, But for the 59th time, favorite moments? Oh, uh, the sunset flip through the the, uh, the table. Yeah. That that might be my favorite moment that we've covered in a match because it's just... I mean, he did it. He, it happened twice, but the second time was just through that table, and that is like one of my favorite table explosions because that table just it comes up into so many pieces. Uh, it, it's either for me, it's either the opening sequence with the chain wrestling that's just like so out of this world, or or the five star frog splash. I mean, it's just gorgeous. Yeah, I think for me, it's going to be the three barricade spots. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were all unique. It's so not it, the wasn't barricade like, spots. No one got thrown into a barricade in this one. <laughs> People got thrown over them. People had corkscrew guillotine leg drops while draped over them or fucking running flip sentons over them. Yeah, yeah. I got to go sunset flip uh, bomb through through the table. It's the just, it's, it's, it's beautiful. That table just totally explodes. Still not as beautiful as Masato Tanaka throwing Mike Austin awesome oh, outside God. the Not, not as well. scary. I'm just, just going to say that much. But like, like, I said, like I said, during that match, that table is the reason why Mike Awesome didn't land on his head. <laughs> Because he bounced and it's a bit of flatten before he hit the concrete. <laughs> so, guys, save his life. Like it or not, it's time to rank this on our list of the greatest wrestling matches of all time. It's competing with fifty-eight other matches. Ouchies. Where does Rob Van Dam versus Jerry Lynn at Hardcore Heaven fall? So, Landon, I'm actually very happy that you mentioned Mike Osmosanaka because yeah. that's kind of the very the first place I went to. It's easy to do that, yeah. Now, I would rate it higher because they do a lot more. This is less of a I'm going to see how bad of a concussion I can give with these chair shots. This is more of a I am going to outdo Jerry Lynn, and Jerry Lynn saying I am going to outdo Rob Van Dam, uh, and so. My floor here is going to be around that 43, 42, 42, 43 is my floor. I think my ceiling for this one is going to be probably number 37. Kaku Shaker Triple H. It's probably my ceiling. Yeah. So I'm um, working in that range. Paul, I'm glad you said that. So uh, this match is a little more sloppy at times, well, uh, at, I mean, least, good, at least compared to other matches on our list. Right. And, and, and I'm not, and I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, they have botches because. Every match has botches. Sure. And their botches are mainly because Jerry Lynn got knocked out. Right. And so, so I take that into account. But, I, my, Paul, my floor is also 42. I feel like it uh, outpaces uh, Jones and Rocco. But it does. I, I don't know if I loved it as much as I loved Awesome Tanaka. Well, and that's so kind of I, my I get, uh, debacle as well. Yeah, I get really tied up right there. The next match I would compare it to is Cactus Jack Triple H. I feel like it's a, but I feel like that match is a superior story. Uh, so I suppose my ceiling would be thirty-eight. Thirty-eight, and so okay. that's kind of where I'm looking at. Well, for me, I literally I gave myself that range of like thirty-seven to like forty-two. That was my yeah. range. Yeah. Okay. So you guys have kind of sort of settled 
uh, around the same area. Here we go. Uh, oh man, <laughs> you know, you know how with Last Mania standing, I always feel like I am the lowest the ranking sober. of all of them. I mean, ours are pretty low. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are pretty low. Mine's lower. Really? Um, okay. Well, I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. I would put this at fifty nine. Really? Oh my Jesus! I would put this last. Uh, what's 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 the argument there? Uh, I, the, these two wrestlers, I think, are phenomenal. I love them a lot. I would love to watch them wrestle. I don't want to watch this match. Uh, okay, that's fair. And I'll tell you why. Uh, God, I feel, you know, it's it's December. I feel a little scroogey at this point. But <laughs> <All right>. um, <laughs> the my thought process one. Um, this match outside of one or two 60 second sequences takes 10 minutes to get into. Um, okay. That's fair. That's the first thing. So it's a 26 minute match. And like, yes, I love Rob, Rob Van Dam posing to the crowd, but he just does that a whole lot in the he first does. 10 minutes. And well, for me, this match was a, it took me like three watches to even really get into it. And because of like the way it starts, and then, of course, whenever the incident happens, they did a very good job of covering because I didn't even notice until you pointed it out to me. Um, so it did take, it took a lot for me to get into the match. But once you get into the meat and potatoes of the match, it's where I found it to be really, really Yeah, exciting. yeah. I, I give all the credit in the world to Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn for what they did, and, and especially Jerry Lynn for you know going through what he went through physically in this match and being Still able to pull off what he did. did. Doing what he does, yeah. Um, but, and maybe, you know, this is the conversation we sort of had last week. This isn't what I come to wrestling for. And, That's and fair. So, so for this, uh, it feels sloppy. Oftentimes, and I and I and I feel like a lot of that's because it's made up on the fly because of the things that change throughout oh, the absolutely. course of the match, and I and I get it, um, and I think it's a great match. It's just not the greatest, okay, for me, so and it doesn't have to be. Taking that into account, uh, I'll I'll gander back at the list, and I think I could not, in good conscience, put this any lower than fifty. I think, and and fifty fifty would be a. As sort of you know the, the the guardian of the upper tier, mm-hmm. you know the guardian of the first the top half of the list. So if I was going to go lower than what I said my floor was, which was forty four, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I could go lower than fifty. Fifty. Well, okay. a, as I I look at your floors, right? Forty four was that area, right? Forty four was was Jones and Rocco. Um, I can't in good conscience put this over Rock Hogan. Like I just can't. Like for me, pers- like that's like personally, that's my thought process. I get it. Like I can't put I would, it over I, that. You know what? I, I wouldn't do that either. Actually, now that I think about it. So, so I would. I could see it being over. You know, Survivor Series or War Games. Maybe. Um, I I could see myself being in that fifty to forty six range, for sure. Well, if we look at that range, forty six right now is Survivor Series Austin Bischoff, and fifty is CM Punk and The Undertaker. Yeah, Austin Bischoff sort of loses a little bit because you know, as some folks have stated on Twitter, you know, oh well, that match just sort of undoes itself when Austin comes back. Well, he um, comes back it, as it, the it still doesn't take but... away the performance from Randy Orton and everyone who was involved in that match. It was great, um, but Rob you know, Van Dam's in that match too. Yeah, you know, Rob Van Dam is in that match. He is. It's his third appearance on the pod, yeah, as a matter yeah, yeah. of fact. Oh, wow. Um, well so, done. So, so we corrected ourselves to so so Twitter, so don't... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess that would only be sliding it down a couple of spots. So if you want to put it over the Survivor Series match. I, yeah, I would do that. I would... I think I, I'd be fine putting it right at 46, right behind Rock Hogan. Here's my thing about professional wrestling. If you want to dock points for things that get undone later, 
then nothing gets points ever. You know what I mean? Like, and that's just the way that professional wrestling yeah. is. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. It's always going to be. I just kind of wanted to say that kind of to your point. Well, uh, I do not think the respect that there are a couple things that I feel I disagree. There are a couple things that happen. The, the respect between RVD and Jerry Lynn after this match carries over, mm-hmm. I believe forever. Mm-hmm. And then I think so too. Uh, Steve Austin and Bret Hart walk into WrestleMania 13 and walk out completely different yeah. people. That never changed. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not. I don't want to say that. That's always the case, right? So, like, so check your sweeping declarations. Everything gets undone. But I'm just saying. But I totally get it. A lot does. Yeah, a, a lot, lot does. does. Uh, so 46 is that where we're at? Under uh, right under Rock Hogan, yeah. right above Survivor Series. I'm comfortable with it. Okay, 46. It is. You did it again. Uh, well, not, <laughs> you did it again. Not as much though. You only budged a little bit. I, it's it's still a good 13 spots higher than what I would have. True, put it, so. but yeah, you did it again. You, you, <laughs> uh, to you be, talked to we be, did it. We you, did it. To be fair, you guys did it. We we met somewhere towards the not quite middle. And now we have just one match to go in season three. Landon, can you tell us what that's going to be? All right, everybody. So yeah, who's the third man? The final match. Of season three of last match standing, you've gotten some really great hints, and I would imagine you've guessed what it is by now. It's one of the most requested matches we've ever gotten from all of you. It is the TNA Classic between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle from Genesis 2006. Which is widely considered to be one of, if not the best match that that company has ever given us. Absolutely. And I think it's so appropriate to close out uh, a season that has had such incredible matchups. I feel like th- these past like, like 10, 15 episodes have just been uh, like insanely above par. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I agree. Uh, so you know what? Or I guess it would be under par. Under par. It I'm would, not a yeah. golfer. Well, no. Well, under. Yeah, it's fine. You want <laughs> you, you want to be under par. You want to be under par. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is, don't miss the season finale because it's going to be a doozy. It is, and also, guys, be on the lookout for the season three uh, finale survey so that you guys can start ranking these matches yourself. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait to see what you guys have because ultimately, when we do our finale episode after match number sixty. Um, you know, maybe some rankings change. Maybe some don't. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but just one match to go. Had a great time covering Hardcore Heaven with you guys today. Really, really fun match. Uh, even though you hated it. Even though it wasn't my favorite that <laughs> well, we've done so far. It. He just didn't love it. Uh, but, you know, it did have Paul's favorite moment ever that we've recorded. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I'm going to be honest, man. That was like, for some, for some reason, maybe it was the fact that it was like 2.30 in the morning and I was exhausted. But when that happened, <laughs> I just jumped. I scared the shit out of my dog, for one thing. <laughs> and he didn't let me go to sleep for a while after that. <laughs> I just, I popped so hard for that. I don't even know why I popped that hard. I was like, damn. That's a great a, moment. It was a beautiful table That's a great break. moment. Uh, so until episode 60, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And this is Last, Last Match Standing. Standing.